Hey everyone, I'm Kendall Fisher, your usual host of the NetSuite podcast, but I've handed the mic over to our content marketing manager, Ian McHugh, for this episode. He's chatting with Carrie Vahew, the HR director and controller for Bright, an IT services company focused on public safety, enterprise, and managed services. Carrie joined the company in 2010 as the HR director, and when the company's CFO left in 2015, she took on the role of controller. She explains how finance and HR work hand in hand, and how taking on both roles actually broke down the silos between the orgs and allows her to make more informed decisions for the business overall. Carrie also discusses how NetSuite has created even more seamless experiences across the business. Prior to that, Bright was running on, quote, archaic systems and pulling financials into spreadsheets. She says NetSuite allowed them to consolidate all of their systems, which led to huge improvements with reporting and compliance. Using NetSuite, Bright can also see what customers are buying and which products and services to focus on for continued growth. On the HR side, NetSuite's HRMS Suite People is the first HR system for Bright. Previously, they used Word and Excel for performance reviews and other HR tasks. So investing more in employees and giving them the power to track their goals and success greatly improved the overall employee experience. As Bright continues to grow, they will look to NetSuite for greater automation and support. Stay tuned. All of that is coming up next. You're listening to the NetSuite Podcast, where we discuss what's happening within NetSuite, why we're doing it, and where we're heading in the future. We'll dive into the details about the software and the people at NetSuite who are behind all the moving parts. We'll also feature customer growth stories, discussing the ups and downs of running a company, and how one integrated system can help your business continue to scale. Hey, Carrie, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Ian, thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited to uh, learn about Bright Computers, kind of the journey of the company and and your journey with NetSuite as well. So just to, to give our audience some background, I know Bright Computers started as a computer manufacturer back in 1983 could you just tell us a little bit about the history of the company from there and, and how it kind of turned into the business model you have today? Sure. Uh, so in 1983, um, Upstate Wholesale Supply Inc. was formed and they started building their own brand of computers, which they called Bright Computers. Uh, the concept was Bright Minds Need Bright Computers. Uh, they actually sold to the higher the market of higher education and K-12 through at that point in time. Um, we've obviously evolved since then to doing more than just computers. Uh, We rebranded to actually just being bright a couple of years ago. In 1999, Justin and John Smith bought the company. Uh, They expanded the company to state and local government platforms as well as enterprise platforms. Um, At that time, OEM progressed rapidly. They produced 25,000 computers a year. Uh, As the years progressed, the gross profit lowered, so we had to switch gears and figure out how to get our gross profit back up, which led us to the IT services part of our company. Uh, The brother, Trevor Smith, joined the company at that time, and he really started focusing on endpoint security. It was around 2005 to 2006. Uh, It dealt with full disk encryption, which led to the cybersecurity portion of our business that we actually focus a lot on now. We've pivoted multiple times, and now we have the three distinct part of our businesses, the enterprise managed services, the enterprise security, 
and then the legacy law enforcement public safety portion. And like you kind of alluded to there, the the company has kind of reimagined itself a, a couple different times. How do you think it's been able to, to pull that off? I mean, that's that's no small feat, and it's done it, you know, several times over the, the history of the company. Yeah, so, you know, over 22 years, you learn a lot, um, and you execute from not only necessity, but you also execute from strategy, and sometimes both. Uh, we look at everything from every side of the equation, we determine where the headwinds are and the tailwinds are, and you obviously want to go where the tailwinds are, so it's pushing you along versus the headwinds, which will hold you back. Um, we were very fortunate enough to be in the cybersecurity early, and it's really contributed to our growth on that side of the business. Um, especially during the pandemic, uh, we were able to help businesses not only secure the four walls of their businesses, but now the four walls of all their employees' houses. You mentioned the, the three different business units, public safety, enterprise, and, and managed services. Could you go into a little bit more detail on what each of those business units is kind of responsible for, what they focus on? Sure. So the public safety team, they deliver the technology to protect the officers in the field. They generate leads for investigators and they keep leaders informed to make critical decisions and to keep their community safe. Uh, so, you know, we also outfit the police cruisers. We also use body-worn cameras, um, et cetera. The enterprise team, they lead the industry and cybersecurity solutions to both large and medium businesses for various industries. And we developed a unique methodology to um, assist customers and recommend solutions for each business. The managed service side delivers the most comprehensive IT and security services. They provide the right people and the proven processes to help when technology is not enough. So kind of looking at those, those three business units, do some contribute more to the business? Are some more important to the business overall than others? Or is it kind of an uneven split between those different groups? Um, so it's, it varies from year to year. There's definitely, you know, some years are more public safety years, other years are more cybersecurity. It really depends on what's going on in the world today and where each system pulls their weight. So looking at, at your role a little bit, Carrie, you're the controller as well as the, the director of of HR, and I think that's you know a really interesting position. Not something you see all that much for for one person to have both those those roles. How did that kind of come to be? How did your your background, your experience, lead you to this position? <laughs> so I had a very interesting background. <laughs> um, I originally was a physical education teacher, and then I decided that you know business was more of my forte. Um, I became a manager at a business for a long time, and then. I got in with Bright, um, and they allowed me to work while I got my MBA. And after I was done with my MBA, um, I came back and I became the director of HR. And then our CFO left in 2015, and I took the ranks and went from there. You know, you, you learn a lot from a company going from the ground up, which I think helped in a lot of ways because I saw every aspect of the business, and it was great. That's that's quite the the transition. So, did, <laughs> did you have? a business background with your undergrad degree too or was it really yeah. just when you got the MBA? Yeah, I, I went back to school and got my, my business administration degree so it's definitely a switch. Obviously it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. It's, it's two very important, I would say, kind of primary departments. How do you juggle all of that? I mean, it's, you know, two different things and two big things. So how do you, how do you kind of pull off, pull off the balancing act, so to speak? Yeah, so you wouldn't think, but, you know, finance and HR, they work hand in hand through the day. Um, you know, aspects of each business, they really, really have to work together. Um, finance helps HR do, you know, data-driven hiring decisions, while HR also helps the finance align employees' incentives, the budget forecasts. Um, and as that result, more informed decisions are able to be made, and we can execute a lot better. 
So since you do kind of oversee both finance and HR, what do you think are some of the advantages in having these these two different teams reporting to, to one person? Um, so the advantages is that I really understand everything. You know, I, I, there's nowhere that there's a disconnect because I'm involved in both sides of the business. Um, <clears throat> I think having that angle allows me to make the better business decisions for our organization. And it also gives me the ability to know every employee, how it drives them, and how I can, you know, establish our company goals from that. And kind of on the, the other side of that, what are some of the obstacles, some of the challenges of managing both these teams? That's, you know, it's a lot of work, but in addition to that, what, what are some of the, the issues that come up? Um, well, obviously, it's a very time-consuming. That, that's the biggest issue. You get pulled in many different directions throughout the day. You know, it's, it's hard to stay on, on tasks when you're, you know, things come up throughout the day all day long. Um, especially at the end of the year, you have two different sides of the business that collide. You know, you have benefits renewal, open enrollment, but on top of that, you have your financials, closing, audits, all that stuff. So it really, you know, that's when it really becomes a struggle for just one person to do. But at the end, you have to get it done. <laughs> yeah, that, that certainly makes sense. Yeah. And um, looking a little bit more into kind of how the business operates, some of the the systems you guys use. First, I want to talk about the the financial side of things. So you you mentioned that that Bright's grown very quickly. I imagine that you know created some challenges. But generally speaking, what what were some of the the biggest finance related challenges when when you came to the company back in 2010? Um, so honestly, at that point, it was pure visibility. We were having a struggle with our our platforms that we were using um, in 2008 obviously was a hard year for everyone um, but we were able to still move forward uh, the financial challenges that we had was mainly just due to the archaic system we weren't able to run reports we didn't see the real-time data that we needed um, but we couldn't it wasn't just financial we couldn't understand how our customers were you know buying and, and selling and and it was hard and we also had our human capital you know issues as well because we had literally no insight into anything <laughs> when you say you didn't have visibility, like, could you give us some examples of, of what that looked like and, and what sort of challenges or issues that created? Yeah, so um, when I mean visibility, I mean that our financials were pulled into Excel. We were really, you know, working at just trying to pull out all the information from our system and look at it in very dis various different forms, Excel, Word, whatever we could find to really try to dive into the data, but it's hard when you're only looking at numbers. You can't dive into exactly where those numbers are coming from. So that was the biggest challenge. And you, I think you described your, your systems as archaic. Um, <laughs> what, you know, I, I think you were using Sage for, for accounting at that time. There were some other kind of point solutions connected to that. What, what problems were they creating? How were they, they holding you back? Uh, one of the biggest problems is, is that it was not cloud-based at all. So we housed it in-house. You couldn't do work without being at work, which, you know, at the time, it's, it's, everything is changing, and you really needed to be able to look at things deeper on it, different parts of the day, and you couldn't. So if you were out of the office, it was you were out of the office. Um, the reporting was obviously done in spreadsheets, and the other problem was is that we had four separate systems feeding into, you know, just one person trying to figure it out and it didn't help us which you know NetSuite obviously helps us tremendously with that aspect and how did you you decide we need 
we need to do something we need to you know actually upgrade here and what were you looking for when you kind of first set out for a, a new business management platform new accounting etc yeah so we were definitely looking for a system that was cloud-based um, it had to be an all-encompassing system so that it would grow as we grow uh, we knew that we wanted to see the data we wanted to know exactly that it was real time and that we could look at it at any point in the day and know exactly where our business was going and that was the biggest biggest pain point that we were having at that time and we needed a system to do that you mentioned that the the cloud aspect of it was was really important to you was that something that took convincing within the organization or was everyone bought into it no everyone was on board they they you know they realized that it was hard to you know always do your job at work and you know eight to five doesn't really run a business anymore so it was a lot of people were happy about it what year was that when you you made the switch or at least selected NetSuite? Uh, we went live with NetSuite in 2015. So cloud was relatively well established yeah. at that point, I guess. <laughs> but but still, you know, some yeah. people still have their doubts, I feel like. so yeah. Or they did, did a couple of years ago. They don't now. <laughs> <laughs> and so aside from wanting, aside from wanting a cloud-based system, what else kind of separated NetSuite from some of the other systems you looked at, which I think included Microsoft and Sage? Yeah, so um, at the time, Microsoft and Sage really didn't have a mature enough cloud-based system for us. And we also wanted to have a system that we can consolidate our other systems in. Uh, we were using Sugar CRM, Business Vision, and ConnectWise. Um, at that point, we we knew that we couldn't at that point get rid of ConnectWise because that's part of our managed service team. Um, but it also feeds into NetSuite, which is great. So we were able to consolidate those two and got rid of Sugar CRM altogether. And did you feel like some of those other systems would not have been able to, to consolidate? They didn't have all the other types of functionality yeah. you needed? Yeah, it definitely, you know, it definitely didn't, they wouldn't work with ConnectWise as well. And we really needed to bring that portion of our business with us um, at that time. So we, they didn't work with us at all when it comes to that. And NetSuite gave us the 85% of stuff that we actually needed. So, so once, once you kind of get up and running on NetSuite, on the financial side, what were some of the biggest improvements you, you noticed right away when you first started using it five or six years ago? Uh, the biggest improvement, obviously, was reporting. You know, NetSuite is known for the reports and the ability to drill down into everything really was amazing to us. You know, you can click on the P&L or the balance sheet and go right to the transaction and where they came from to make sure everything's set, everything's the right way. Um, that was the biggest thing. Another thing was it actually follows gap, <laughs> you know, and as in a financial world, gap is the end all be all. And we, you know, really weren't maybe properly doing that before. And, you know, another thing is revenue recognition. You know, we didn't have that ability to recognize revenue exactly how we were supposed to. So that was huge. <laughs> is that a recurring revenue thing? Is that a significant part of your business? And that, that led to some challenges, I imagine, if it is? Yeah. Yeah, recurring revenue is a, is a huge part of our business now with the cybersecurity and for the managed services part. And so that, you know, the other, our other systems didn't allow for us to, you know, project bill or do anything like that. So... And so, you know, you talked about the value of the reporting, how you can kind of drill into the, the transactions on these, these kind of basic or, or really important financial statements. Um, how do you think it, it helped you grow and, and scale having, you know, a more complete financial system that could, could handle more of the things you needed it to? 
Um, it definitely helped us grow through our customer base and our purchasing base. Um, with the reporting, you can see exactly what customers are buying what and where we should, you know, pivot our focus to and where we should drive our services to and, and everything like that. Um, it really helps seeing the profit of every transaction and where our salespeople needed to increase, you know, different parts of the sale and add-ons add and everything that goes with that. Um, so that really, you know, that's what we really needed in order to to move forward in our business and also we also learned where to invest more in our business. So know what we should be pushing, what we should maybe be pulling back based on the yes. numbers we're seeing? Yep. Yeah, definitely something I, I hear a lot. Um, can you think of any specific instances where certain report or certain metrics you found within that suite led to a, some sort of change or improvement that, that had a real impact on the business? Um, so. When we were switching, you know, public safety is changing every year. Uh, one of the things is uh, our vendors that we use and our partners that we use. And, you know, partners come and go as the years go on and their business changes. And so at that point, when we were able to look and see exactly, okay, this partner is leaving, where can we pick up and who has the best, you know, sales techniques that we want to bring into our business and that really helps being able to look at all the vendors and, and partners across the business to make those executive decisions and move the business in a different direction. Hey Jim, thanks for coming. Are you kidding? I never miss one of your dinner parties. How's the new job? We're growing fast and I stopped working weekends thanks to how much smoother everything runs on NetSuite by Oracle. Fantastic. Uh, we're still using quick books. Why haven't you upgraded to NetSuite? Uh, we're making QuickBooks work, sort of. Shh, watch your language. The kids are right there. Sorry, Amy. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. And 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control since upgrading from QuickBooks to NetSuite. Yeah, sounds like it's time for me to switch to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash kim. Head to netsuite.com slash kim for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash kim. Switching gears a little bit and talking about more the, the HR side of of your job, you know, as we mentioned, you're you're also the HR director. So when you kind of took on a, a leadership role within the the HR side, what were some of your immediate priorities or goals for the company? Um, I have to say the immediate priority was culture. Um, you know, we really didn't have the greatest culture at the time, where we weren't really investing in our employees as much as we should have been. Um, we wanted to really, really build that up and dive deep into how our employees felt and what they wanted their quote unquote bright to be. Um, I wanted to give more power back to the employees, which was a huge thing because you want to be, feel like you're part of the company and you want to feel like you, you know, you're owning it as well. So, and that was a huge thing. So you, you talked about how important it was to, to kind of change the culture and, and trying to get a sense of what people wanted. Did that mean just interviewing employees, like having a lot of conversations to figure out where, where we should go from here, what the priorities should be? Yeah, you know, it was, it was me really diving deep into every employee and seeing how they reacted to certain situations, how, you know, what they wanted to see from us as an organization, um, what they expected out of their leadership, you know, everything down to what they like to do, 
like what they like to do for fun and how we could make their experience better with Bright. Culture, I think, you know, has become like such a term in the in the HR world, just the business world in general. What what do you think are are the real things that matter to a to a strong company culture? Um, I think a strong company culture is that employees are involved. You know, and they're involved everywhere from knowing what is going on financially with the business, but also they're involved in that they also get along with all the other employees and that you, you know, you set aside time to hang out with people and you really get to know people. You know, they want to feel like you like them as a person, not just a number or, you know, they're part of this business. Um, We do a lot of, you know, we'll have cookouts, we'll have... um, times where, you know, we do cornhole tournament stuff, you know, just stuff that really makes people want to work there, but also feel like, okay, we're a part of a business. We want to be successful. They take it on as their own. Yeah, I think that that's awesome. Um, And did you have any sort of of HR system? We'll talk about NetSuite in a minute, but did you have any sort of HR system pre-NetSuite to to help with with some of these goals that you established? Nothing. We had spreadsheets and Word documents. Our performance reviews were done by the managers with a spreadsheet document that I built, and (laughs) it went from there. It really, you know, there was nothing set in stone. Everything was as it went on. You know, there really was no rhyme or reason for what we did. And I think that was a huge part because people really, you know, at the end of the year, they want to know how they did and they want to be compensated on it. But we didn't really have a way of doing that, per se. And so what were you looking for in some sort of system to to help you with this? What were some of the key features that that you said we need to have this to, you know, help us do what we want to do? Um, So my biggest concern was I wanted to make sure that everyone was holding each other accountable including ourselves as managers and executives of the company. Um, on paper, it's easy to miss or ignore or, or you know, just you know, shy away from it. But having a system to make, hold to deadlines and hold and remind you that upcoming tasks need to be completed and also for a place for an employee to actually see what's going on so they can look into the system and say, oh, okay, this is what I need to be doing, this is what I should be doing, and this is how my manager is reacting. That was like a huge thing for us to, to have. So once you kind of set those parameters, knew, knew what you wanted, why did Sweet People seem like the, the right choice for, for Bright? So it was funny because I came to Sweet World um, a couple of years ago and I, was, I saw Sweet People and I was like, wow, this is what I really want. You know, it, was, it seemed like this great amazing thing that I was like, this is exactly what we need to do. And this is what I really want. Um, so I couldn't wait to run back and tell my president, like, we're getting this. This is what we need to invest in our time in. Um, and the part of the system that we really, really dove into was your goals and your performance management. And, and that was the, the kicker that really set us ahead is that, you know, we could now have more move it into the employees' hands. So the employees were now being held accountable for their, you know, what they wanted in life, what they wanted to be as they moved in, into the business more. And it also held their managers accountable to making sure that their employees were happy. And I, I see how that all ties back, you know, to the initial goals about culture and, and giving people more more control, you know, kind of helping enable that with, with some of these systems. Yeah. Um, and and Going off of that, when you talked about performance management, but w- what do you use Sweet People for now? What What are some of the key things it, it helps you with? 
Uh, so we use it for time off. We use it for time tracking and expenses, which obviously is is great because it's you know a way to deal with all of everything that's going on. The time off was huge because you know we that's important to a lot of employees and having a place that they can see exactly how much time off they have left, how much time off they you know are accruing each month. That was a huge thing because our time off became close to 99% accurate. Before it was 60 to 70, you know, it was like, well, okay, I think you have this much, but if they don't put it in right, then we have no idea. You know, so that was a huge thing. Um, goals we use, performance management, um, those are the main, main parts of that. The other thing I think we don't use is payroll at this point. And I, from what I know, I think you've built out some of your own performance metrics. Could you explain what those kind of cover, what they track, and also how you, you built those out? Sure. Um, so we use the out-of-the-box metrics, but we also built um, gross profit and gross profit percent. So our compensation structure for our salespeople is actually based off of gross profit. Uh, so their commissions run off of that. Um, and that was something we really, really wanted to be able to track well was so that we were compensating our employees off of it correctly. Um, we also have a metric that we named, it's called named accounts, and those are the main huge accounts that certain reps have. Uh, we mainly put that in place so that we could see how they were growing those accounts. If they weren't growing those accounts enough, like how we could pivot and make sure that they were spending enough time in those accounts and really you know, move them along in their sales cycle. Um, but all these metrics that we have tie back to the financial side. And we use these metrics to drive our budgets and our year-end goals for our overall company and how, where we want to move to in the next year. And you, you mentioned at the beginning there that, that you pay your salespeople commission based off of gross profit. Was that mm -hmm. something you did before as well, or was it not so possible? We, it wasn't possible because we were paying our salespeople off revenue. You know, there are companies that still use revenue, but you know, it's really, you're not really looking at the whole picture when you're just doing it off revenue. If you're doing it off gross profit, then it really helps mine the, the financials a little better. So another big topic in, in HR right now, or really just business in general, is, is retention and even just finding employees as well. How do you think Sweet People helps you with, with keeping the people you have that you like and maybe even finding new people when necessary as well? Yeah, so obviously retention right now is a huge issue everywhere. Uh, you know, I think that the pandemic really, really pushed that a little further than we wanted it to. Um, but I think Sweet People, it allows the employee to have a stake in their own job. You know, it, it, what I mean by that is it allows the people to, to know their journey, where they want to go, and how they can get there. Um, they make their own goals. They're held accountable for them. And it also allows our managers to assist in the employees to achieve those goals and really help them, you know, along the way, giving them feedback. And they, they want to know that they're not just a number. And I think Sweet People really helps with that because it gives the employees their own insight into everything. And it allows them to go grow if they want to grow or not grow, you know. Have you gotten positive feedback from them? Do you... Do you know, do you feel like it's it's actually working? What you hoped is is actually happening? Yeah, yeah. They definitely, you know, they they love the fact that they can set their own goals. You know, before the managers were saying we want you to do this, this, and this, but that wasn't really an insight into how they felt about where they wanted to grow professionally, personally, all of that. And the goals really helped with that because they could set personal goals as well. 
not just professional goals, like, hey, I really want to get certified in this or I want to move in this direction. And it gave them the ability to do that. And that was something that we didn't have before, which really, I think, the employees really bought into and they really, really enjoy that. So as we start to, to wrap up here, I just, I'm curious, what does the future kind of hold for Bright? What do you guys have planned and, and how do you see NetSuite helping you along the way? Yeah, so we're growing at a very, very fast pace. Um, the pandemic really um, changed a lot of things for us, but we, we this year has been amazing for us. Uh, so I think we're really looking at trying to automate as much as possible because we've, we've learned with NetSuite that you can automate so many things that, you know, relieve our managers, our employees off of certain things that we couldn't do before. And that's, you know, one of the biggest things. Um, we are looking at changing our payroll so that it's all encompassing in the system so that we really will be from start to end in NetSuite. And that's really gonna help our day-to-day operations, even from, you know, financial side, from my side and my employee side, because, you know, it takes, time to go through different systems and that's one thing we really want to alleviate. Um, I think that we're starting to get more involved in the project side of our NetSuite. Um, We're really trying to have better outcomes with customers and holding our teams accountable, our vendors accountable, and our partners accountable. And as we grow NetSuite, obviously, will help us along the way, which was perfect. And the greatest part about NetSuite is that we make it our own. And that's, that's the you know, one I'll be all with us is that it can be our system. And as you grow, the automation is more important because you just, you can't keep hiring more and more people, especially now, right? Exactly. You know, there's, it's so hard with the hiring that's going on right now. So that, you know, the automation, if you can make it automated, it's, it's great. And the people that you have really appreciate the less, the less work they have to put in every day. All right. Well, thank you so much, Carrie. A lot of great insights here and uh, really appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you. It's great being here. Thank you to Carrie Vahue from Bright for joining us and to Ian McHugh for hosting this episode. Great job, Ian. I also want to shout out to our editing crew over at Lampstand and of course, all of you for tuning in. As always, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. And if you want to learn more about how Bright has grown with NetSuite, check out the link in the description of this episode. Talk to you next time. You just listened to the NetSuite podcast. Be sure to tune in every week with more NetSuite developments, stories, and insights into the benefits of one integrated system to help you run your business.